0: This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 108.
1: Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on.
0: Well hello there VedZenners and welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicky. And
1: this is Larissa.
0: Well, summer is here and that means a lot of people are taking vacations, right? right. Well we we are at the end of July. A short one.
1: Yes, a short mm-hmm. one.
0: Yeah. Um And so while travel is fun for us, it also, unfortunately, does take a toll on the environment in some pretty significant ways. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we're going to share seven ways that you can make your travel more eco-friendly. And they're not difficult ways either.
1: No, no, they're really not. I mean, a lot of them are, are things that are so simple that you're surprised you don't think of them.
0: Yeah, and when when we were going over this, too, I was like, uh, duh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And yet it's things that we don't always do. Yeah,
0: yeah. So this was a good reminder for us as well. All
1: right, but first, we have a new rating. We do. So uh, today's rating is from Lisa W. N.J. So I think that's probably Lisa W. in New Jersey. And she says, get your veg on. And she says, congratulations on breaking over the 100 mark. Great achievement and kudos for all you are doing to help educate the community. Your podcast is informative, entertaining, and easily relatable for all types of people. Quick story. My boyfriend and I picked up our first CSA share of this season this week. Back at home, I was happily storing all my lovely produce in veggie bags, prepping dinner and tomorrow's lunch, etc. He comes in and asks if I'm vegging out. And my instant reply was, no, I'm getting my veg on. (laughs) Thanks for keeping it real. Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. All right. And then we also have a website
0: comment from Evelyn. Now, this was actually directly on our site, right? Not on our social media. This is cool. And we really appreciate when folks leave us. Uh, comments on our website, because that helps traffic to come to us as well. So if you feel compelled, of course, we'd love to hear from you on one of our social media outlets. But it would be awesome if you could leave us a website comment just like Evelyn did.
1: Right now. And this one was in response to, I believe, episode 106, uh, the last episode. So what Evelyn said was, and, and I really wanted to share this uh, with Evelyn's permission, of course, because she makes a really good point here. So she said, love the episode and love, love, love the podcast. I did want to mention that while it is fun to secretly give meat eaters vegan food and prove to them that vegan food is delicious, too, I think that it's important to be wary of people's food allergies especially when a lot of vegan treats are made with cashews not labeling these food items could be dangerous when someone thinks they're getting cool whip when it is actually vegan cashew cream i'm just extra sensitive to food allergy awareness because it runs in my family thanks for another wonderful podcast ladies you guys make my internship as a photo retoucher eight plus hours of sitting at photoshop fun
0: (laughs) that's a great point evelyn and thank you for that and we did we did um Stress the importance of saying, you know, what what things have in it. But I think mm-hmm. that it is really important to call out like things that can be deceptive, like whipped yeah. cream. That's a really, really good point. So thank you. Yes, we really appreciate that. Find that. that out. Okay, I think we are. Oh, we have an upcoming event, right? On yeah, July I, thought 16th? Was,
1: I thought this was fun. Uh, so, July 16th, this coming Thursday, is National Cherry Day. And you know, cherries, we're seeing lots of cherries in the stores right now. It's cherry season and um, so there are just so many awesome desserts that you can make with cherries and even put them in salads and all kinds of stuff. So smoothies. I thought smoothies. I mention.
0: love them in smoothies, smoothies with cacao. Yeah. And yes. you can make like a chocolate cherry type of smoothie. Very, yes. very good. One other thing we wanted to mention is with respect to another podcast we had that just came out. And the podcast is called Productivity Power Up. Now, this is your baby. This is my baby because I am a productivity coach. I do a lot of that at work. And it's something I'm very passionate about. It was kind of a side gig for a while. And uh, it's really been picking up quite a bit. I've been doing a lot of coachings and stuff. So I really enjoy that. We are about, what are we recording today? Six? Episode six. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, this is really just, the podcast is really about practical tips to help you be more productive. So for example, one of the outlines I'm putting together today is on brain foods, foods that can help, you know, slowly release glucose into your brain. So you're not getting this glucose rush, like from a donut, and how that impacts your productivity. We also did it on task lists. Um, inbox zero. Inbox zero, which is a big thing that a lot of people strive to get their inboxes to zero. They think it's impossible, but I give you a few quick tips to get you there. So, things like that. Just wanted to give a real quick plug if you're interested in checking it out. It is at, you can check out the website at productivitypowerup.com.
1: Right. And then we're, it's also on iTunes and Stitcher. So, uh, if you'd like to subscribe and uh, leave a rating and review, if you would, if you. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. It'll help us get up there in iTunes.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because even if you don't have time to listen to it right now, just going out there and hitting subscribe would do a really good, would do really well for us because that helps iTunes kind of bump us up a little bit. All right, so are we ready to move into our
1: main topic? Definitely.
0: All right, before we do that, let's define what sustainability means, so that way we're just all on the same page.
1: Okay, so we're talking about sustainable travel. So sustainability, according to the EPA, that's the Environmental Protection Agency, sustainability creates and maintains the conditions under which humans and nature can exist in productive harmony that permit fulfilling the social, economic, and other requirements of present and future generations. So basically that's... Taking care of the environment and ensuring that it will keep keep producing the natural resources that we need.
0: Yeah, that future generations are going to get to enjoy the same things that we get to enjoy today, right? Right,
1: right. and that we're trying not to destroy everything, <laughs> which we're doing a pretty good Don't job of. Don't mess
0: with nature. That's pretty right. much what it's saying. Right. Okay, so let's talk about this concept of a carbon footprint, because until we started getting into this podcast and really researching some of this stuff, I had no clue. And I would see this like in the cafe because our cafe at work is really good about thinking about how to be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And we have our own garden at work, which is really cool for a big corporation. You don't really hear that a lot. So we're very aware of that type of thing. But when I would hear this term carbon footprint, I had no idea what it meant. So let's talk about what that means.
1: All right. So basically what a carbon footprint is, is the sum of all the emissions of carbon dioxide which were induced by your activities so a person's activities in a given time frame and that time frame is usually calculated as a year so to figure out your carbon footprint there are there are lots of calculators out there online the EPA has just a basic one and I I did this one when I was doing the research for this outline I took the it's like a quiz and so i took this quiz and this is just a basic one that tells you that bases your carbon footprint on your home so like your energy usage your car but this one doesn't go into the detail that some of them do where it asks you a whole bunch of questions about what type of food you eat where you buy your food and things like that so this one is just based more on on uh, your energy consumption
0: Yeah, I asked Larissa about that when we were kind of running through the outline because our our carbon footprint came back a little bit higher than the national average, which surprised me because, well, we're pretty good about certain things. But I had recently read something else that said that vegans and vegetarians typically have a smaller carbon footprint than people who eat meat because meat production tends to utilize more natural resources. So I was kind of surprised by that, but then Larissa said, well, there's different types of... Of these calculators out there. Some are more comprehensive than others. The one that we that she took for the purposes of this podcast were just was just for home. Right. So it was didn't really get into the eating and all that.
1: Right. And I'll have to look up the, the other one that I've I've taken in the past. So I'll link to several different calculators. Um but what's cool about the EPA one, and I think most of them do this, is that they give you suggestions for ways to reduce your carbon footprint based on the responses that you give to the quiz answers.
0: That's good, because I would be like
1: I don't want a big footprint. <laughs> right. So one of the things, Help for me. example, just quickly, one of the things that told me is that, you know, we could reduce our carbon footprint by uh, replacing our windows. Because right now we just have the single pane windows. So if we replace them with double pane windows, that would lower our energy costs. And that's, yeah. that would reduce our carbon footprint. You know, I will say
0: that I think our replacing our air conditioning, which we did, we our bill went down way, way down. down. Now, granted, it is a little bit cooler in San Antonio this year because of all the rain we've gotten, but typically we're really well I compared high up this there.
1: I compared this this since we got it replaced, I compared it to the same months as last year and it's a big difference. It's, it's, it's at least a $50 a month difference. yeah, that's lower. a
0: pretty good difference.
1: So let's talk about some of the ways that human travel negatively impacts the environment.
0: All right, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So, first of all, air travel has a huge carbon footprint. So, just to give you an example, one round trip flight from New York to Europe or New York to San Francisco. Creates a warming effect equivalent to four thousand to six thousand pounds of carbon dioxide per person, Ugh. which is which is a lot. And yeah, if you, if, I'm gonna go back up to what our carbon footprint was. So ours was thirty-five thousand eight hundred twenty-one pounds of CO2 per year. The national average is thirty-three thousand two hundred sixty-one. So then, if you think about four to six thousand pounds of carbon dioxide just for one flight.
0: Yeah, you know, and I would just want to reiterate here before we get into a couple of other points. We're not trying to harsh your travel no. <laughs> or
1: your vacation no. or
0: bring you down. We're actually trying to give you some things that can help you reduce that. So, right. so don't get all down and <laughs> No, no, no,
1: no. The, no, this is no. Don't okay. turn it off. Don't 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 turn us off.
0: Lift your chin up.
1: <laughs> all right. So so we talked about air travel. Uh, another way that human travel negatively impacts our environment is that, you know, A lot of times people want to go to these exotic places where the ecosystem is already very fragile. And so when humans, when there's a lot of human tourism to these areas, it just creates more damage. So things like coral reefs, uh, areas that are experiencing soil or sand erosion and places that are home to endangered species of animals and plants. So when we go there, it just kind of boosts that that damage.
0: Yeah, needless to say. I know when we've been to like places like Hawaii and when I go like Aruba, when we go, when I've gone snorkeling cuz you don't like to go under the water, but when mm-hmm. I've gone like snorkeling, they always tell you stay away from that kind of stuff cuz well, first of all, things live in there. <laughs> but the other thing is they don't want you damaging their natural resources. Right. So
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then another thing that a lot of people don't think of and I didn't even really consider this either, is that smaller, less developed regions of the world often don't have the same sanitation, disposal and recycling programs that we do, or that, you know, more developed areas do. So that when we travel to those areas, we burden them with our trash. And oftentimes, since they don't have the disposal resources or Programs. A lot of that trash, when, you know, if you go to a small village in Mexico and you see a trash can and you throw your trash in there, your plastic and whatever you throw in there, you think, oh, it's a trash can. It's going to go to, you know, a disposal place, right? No, a lot of times it ends up in fields and waterways.
0: I was going to say, or oceans. Or things o- o- like that. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: So, you want to be really careful of that. Also, lar- a large amount of visitors to any area at one time does burden the environment. So, one thing to do is to consider planning during the off season. Not to mention, it's actually pretty cool to yeah. go someplace on the off season because the wait times are so much smaller. Remember when we went to Hawaii in October one mm-hmm. year? And it was in between their seasons, so apparently they had just ended the busy kind of summer going into fall and then they were Christmas apparently gets really busy too. Mm-hmm. so we were like on this boat that was supposed to have like several at least a hundred people on yeah. it. And it was only like 13. Yeah. It, it was, was really cool was awesome. because we had, they had everything else out. I mean, they had the big buffet and they had everything out there, but we had the luxury of being able to not have to fight for things. Yeah. We did the same thing
1: <laughs> for Cape Cod. We went in October. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it was just so nice. I mean, you know, some of the places were closed down because it was not tourist season, but it was still, it was so you, nice. You
0: really get to enjoy the place. So not only are you doing good by the environment, you're also enjoying yourself a little mm. bit more.
1: All right. All right. So let's get into our seven, Eco-friendly travel tips. So what can we do to make our travels nicer to the environment?
0: All right. So tip number one, and this might be, this is probably when I was reading this, I was like, "Uh, duh. But (laughs) it's one of those things that you might not easily think about either. So it's seek out eco-friendly hotels. Now, you might say, how do you, how do your hotels strive to be more eco-friendly? Well, you might notice like those little signs up on their uh, bathrooms that say, help us uh, to Reduce reduce water by keeping your towels up on the rack and we know not to take those. Let us know if you don't want your linens washed while you're here. It's funny because when I first saw that, I was like, I want my linens washed. But then I was like, wait a minute. We don't wash our linens every day at home.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. I know I just changed the sheets, but I mean, that's like a once a week thing, right?
0: Right. So it's um, good that they put that. It it saves water and it reduces the use of cleaners too.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of them have that, you know, uh, where you can put the sign out that says, don't clean the room. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I mean, really, if you think about it, if they clean the room every day, it's just like cleaning your house. I mean, we don't clean our entire house every day. You know, we do little things here and there, but if we're not even, when you're in a hotel, you're not even in your room that much. So, really, how dirty did you get it in 24 hours? Right. You know, so it, yeah, there's less cleaners. And then if you need more towels, you can always call the front desk. Um, and then w- hotels also can be more eco friendly by setting up recycling programs
0: and help them too because it I think there's sometimes there's two bins in my room and if I'm in a hurry mm-hmm. I might not be paying attention it makes a difference so right. make sure you're putting the stuff your trash or whatever your recyclables in the right bin
1: right it's well. usually that blue that little blue trash can right? right as opposed to just a regular trash can so um also their hotels can use what we use which are the non-toxic cleaning supplies and uh they can also th- now this is a big one There's something called the LEED program, that's the Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, right? And that is for construction. So hotel chains, a lot of them are starting now to ensure that the construction of the new hotels that they're building and remodeling of existing ones are done to meet the uh, LEED standards. So that means that they're using uh, sustainable materials, eco-friendly materials, things to reduce the use of uh, the amount of energy that the building will use and things like that.
0: Yeah. And hotels can also be more eco-friendly by serving organic shade-grown coffee and sourcing local fresh organic foods as much as possible for the restaurant. So it's really good. Again, we vote with our dollars when we notice these types of things or even leave them kudos in your checkout, feedback, whatever type of uh, surveys really like to see this really like that you did this I think that really goes a long way and they they recognize that feedback because I think okay good we're people are paying attention because right. people don't care they might it might be more cost effective for them to not do those things
1: exactly so to find eco-friendly hotels I mean if if you have a hotel that you like to stay at then definitely you can go to their website you can um, look uh, on their about page for you know because if if hotels are eco friendly, they're going to want to let people know about it. So usually on their homepage or on their about page, they'll have like the little certifications and we we proudly serve organic coffee and we do this and, and all the different things that they do to to do that. But so you can go to their websites and look for that. There are also resources that specifically uh, are geared toward listing these and kind of giving them props. So I will include those in the show notes so that you can just easily click on some of those. I know TripAdvisor has one. There are several other ones that make a, sp- a special effort to go through and list those eco-friendly hotel chains.
0: I want to give one bonus tip here, because we've done this, and I think it is more eco-friendly, and that is using Airbnb. That If you haven't heard of this, this is there's a lot of, it's kind of like the Uber, but like Uber is to taxis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is what, this is for hotels. Mm -hmm. And essentially what it is, is that people rent out their houses, apartments, condos, whatever, during certain times of the year, just much like a, very much like a hotel. So like Larissa and I just went to Corpus Christi for a few days, and we rented a condo on Airbnb. Now, there's profiles set up. You know, of course, you have to be careful. You you, just like anywhere else, but they do a a really good job of making sure that people are kind of vetted,
1: right? They do background checks, and and they do background checks both ways. So they do it on the people who are renting out their places, and they also do it on when you sign up for Airbnb.
0: Yeah. And so we rented this condo that was right on the Corpus Christi channel. It was beautiful. And why I say it's eco-friendly is because the whole thing with the towels and the linens, I mean, we we they actually had a washer and dryer there, but you kind of control that obviously. And then they had dishes there, cooking there. So we, we had water up, we could just refill, you know, so mm-hmm. all of that. So definitely, I think that was a very eco-friendly vacation we took that
1: right we did that, that in uh, new york too and, and it's yeah. just mm-hmm. and it's so nice because it lets you stay um you don't have to stay in a hotel that's kind of removed from stuff and then tra- you know you, you're right in the middle of wherever it is you want to be
0: yeah we've had really good luck with that and i've had some friends that have used that as well very good luck with it so it's definitely something to at least check out
1: mm-hmm. all right so n- tip number two eco-friendly travel tip number two is choose eco-friendly destinations so, according to Sustainable Travel International, inter, international, <laughs> international, sustainable destinations reinvest the profits from their tourism activities in environmental conservation and historic reservation, re- restoration and preservation.
0: Okay, so Aruba is one that we visited, and they're on track to becoming the world's first sustainable energy economy. And mm-hmm. they hope to run on 100% sustainable energy by 2020.
1: That's amazing. And yeah, you know, when we went to Aruba back in what, like 2004, 2005, Something maybe? Like that. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, we didn't even need it. The island is so small, we didn't rent a car. Uh, we rented a Jeep for one day just to go out into the outback. Uh, but Overall, we didn't rent a car. We just took a taxi from the airport and everywhere else we walked or we took a boat. It was <laughs> so, really
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then uh, Costa Rica is also regarded as a pioneer in environmental protection. And there is a website called Green Global Travel. This is a really cool website. I spent some time looking around on this site when I was doing this the research for this episode. But uh, it's a big site and they have a destinations page that has just an incredible number of links to eco-friendly destinations. But then they also have pages that have just a ton of eco-friendly travel tips, um, news articles about the environment, articles about endangered species, just all kinds of interviews, you know, with people from different places. It's just an amazing website. It's Again, it's called uh, Green Global Travel, and the links will be in the show notes.
0: Okay, let's move on to travel tip number three, which is educate yourself about the area you're going to be visiting. So you want to think about what are the ecological concerns that they're already facing, because you certainly don't want to add to those, right? right. What local effort programs are in place to help mitigate these concerns? And how can you contribute while you were there? So not only do you not want to make things worse, but maybe there's something you can do to help out while you're there.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is really good to what we were talking about earlier about the recycling programs and trash programs and things like that. You know, look and see does the country or the, the city you're going to have a, recycling program in place what do their bins look like because they might not be blue i mean i don't know you know i'm sure they'll have the recycling symbol but they might look different than ours that's a good point so you want to be able to recognize those easily um and then just what other types of things can you help with all right
0: eco-friendly travel tip number four conserve water and electricity right this is another one where when i was when i'm visiting for some reason well, I'll say several years ago, I just didn't think about it. And I would leave things like lights on, the television on in the in the room, where I didn't do that at home because mm-hmm. I think, well, I'm paying for that. But, you know, you, you have to change your mindset to think, you're still paying for that, I mean, in some way, right? The environment is paying for that mm-hmm. AC that you leave on or the television that you're leaving on. And also taking quick showers. That's hard for me because I love showers. Mm-hmm. But you really don't want to, you know, camping out in there can really use resources.
1: Right, exactly. And, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that the that costs get paid gets passed on to the environment. Well, it also does kind of get passed on to us as well, because in the form of the hotel rates.
0: That's a good point. You know, That's because if
1: depending on if their electric bill is skyrocketed, because everybody's leaving all their utilities on in the in the rooms, then of course, they're going to have to pass that that cost on.
0: Yeah, this is just an example though, of where I just didn't think about it. And mm-hmm. I would just leave the TV on and I would go to work. And I'm thinking now I turn up the AC because, you know, I don't need it while I'm gone. If I'm I'm traveling for business. I don't need it. And, uh, you know, just making little changes like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, of course, another thing, and I think you touched on this uh, briefly a moment ago, is uh, to bring a reusable water bottle so you don't have to buy the bottled water. Um, no, this is unless, of course, you're advised against drinking the tap yeah. water.
0: If you're in Mexico, you better yeah. bring your... Yeah, get bottled some bottled water. water. Get some <laughs>
1: bottled water, yeah. <laughs> and that's different. That's but,
0: something I do now, too. I, do, right. I used to just buy bottled water, and now... Again, it was not something I really thought about. I thought, well, my company's paying for it or whatever. But now I'm like, well, wait a minute, there's other costs though involved too. Mm-hmm.
1: And we have the camelback uh, water bottles that we just take just pack in our our luggage, you know, and take with us, so we'll have those. Okay, so eco-friendly travel tip number five is to use local public transportation whenever possible. So you can find out ahead of time what types of public transportation are available, where you'll be going.
0: And then for larger areas, everything is available online. So, like, buses, subways, train schedules, taxi info, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was, So, like, when we went to New York, we did not rent a car because neither one of us was interested in driving no, in New York. No, I don't York. want to drive in New York but City. But the other no way. thing is, everything was really a subway ride away or a taxi. And that was actually kind of fun. And we got a ton of walking in. Yes. So, it was really good for us, too.
1: And we were exhausted every day, but totally <laughs> worth it. I mean, you know, where we stayed in Chelsea was... Two I mean, the the furthest subway station was like, what, two blocks away, you know, and for any line, I mean, two blocks in a different direction will take you to a different line. Uh, And then, like you said, also scope out the walking routes, you know, especially if you're staying in a smaller place, check out the walking routes. And something that I didn't uh, put on here, rent a bicycle. If it's a smaller town, you know, a lot of these towns will have the bicycle rentals. Get one of those. And you can rent it for a day, just if you're going to be out doing stuff, or you can rent it for the whole time you're there. And
0: if you do need to rent a car, here's another thing. And I I consider this
1: when I rent a car, but
0: not, I didn't really think about it for environmental reasons. I'll just say that now, but now it may, now it does kind of impact that is that either getting getting a hybrid if possible or just a smaller car mm-hmm. some people when they go on business travel they get like these big SUVs and and, yeah. it's just them and I usually ask for the smallest car typically because I drive a Honda Civic so mm-hmm. I don't like driving big cars but you know at least ask for if you're just if it's just you especially um then just have a, get yeah, a small car we don't need a huge
1: car you don't need a big car yeah exactly
0: Okay, travel tip number six. This is a really good one because I didn't really think about this, but shop local. So you know these tourist trap souvenir shops, they tend to be first of all the prices tend to be pretty high. So that's one reason in in itself to kind of avoid these. But most of the stuff they have there is actually made in China. It's not even from there. It's just got like the stamp the stamp of wherever they- <laughs> you are on it. <laughs> right. But you see the same souvenir like in a different city just with that stamp on it. So it's not really from there. So the best thing to do is to seek out shops of local artisans because not only are you are really contributing to the environment there and. You're you're also. I mean, uh, the when I say that the social, economy. the economy yeah. there, and
1: uh, and then you're also not buying things that are made in China. Exactly, and you've got a better chance of getting unique things. So unique artwork or unique, you know, handmade T-shirts, if you want a T-shirt or things like that, that are not, like you said, it's not, you know, we have a, you can get a picture frame in Aruba that says, uh, you know, my vacation in Aruba, and then you go to Hawaii, and it's the exact same frame, the exact (laughs) same stuff, but it says my vacation in Hawaii, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, those tourist trap places. And, you know, when we took that trip to Corpus Christi, we, we kind of had to, we fell in that a little bit because remember we it was kind of a last minute trip and we ended up having to buy some stuff mm-hmm. like an umbrella and stuff like right. that. Anyways, right. but um you know, one place we have found some cool stuff is at local festivals. So mm-hmm. if we happen to be visiting a place that, has thing you know some things going on it's a good idea just to scope out do they have anything going on and this this uh, while I'm here that maybe I can go out and check mm-hmm. out some of the stuff from the local artisans that's a good place to find stuff
1: and local food vendors too that's why you know you're you're more guaranteed to get organic local grown you know food uh, fresh food than if you go to like uh, what's the um, senior frogs or whatever that the you know there's one in every every tropical you know, Mexican city or something, it's you know, not unique. No, it's not. Um, just remember to respect the local cultural tradition. So if you do go to local festivals, um, don't make a butt out of yourself. Don't be, you know, um, d- respect the don't local. Don't be traditions. that guy. D- yeah. Don't be that guy. Um, All right. Um, and then, uh, also make sure that you're not buying products that are made from endangered species or from valuable historical or cultural artifacts.
0: Yeah. And you know, this, this one was kind of when I was reading, it, I was like, uh, duh, but then you might not know. So what if it's a picture frame, you want to kind of take a look and make sure it's not made from some tusk of something, you <laughs> exactly. know, or whatever. So you right. just want to be careful of that. And then also, we do this even locally, but this is a good idea. You don't, you might not always think about this when you're traveling, but pack several reusable shopping bags so that you don't have to use plastic bags uh, from stores. Mm-hmm. And this is another one, like Larissa was saying, depending on the where you're going, that might really... I mean, it's a big deal here. They're always a big deal, but they might be a bigger deal where you're going. Plastic on, bags. Yeah. Depending yeah. on how they get rid of their stuff.
1: Well, and not to mention, if you're going... Especially if you're doing like a beach vacation somewhere, you know... Those plastic bags are just lethal for um, wildlife, birds and turtles and fish. And you don't want those ending up in waterways and on beaches. Yeah.
0: Even if you don't do it intentionally, one can get away from you on the beach, you know, and Mm -hmm. fly away and end up in the ocean. Right. right. We've got enough of those in the ocean already. Right.
1: And, you know, those reusable shopping bags, they're like, they take up no space in your luggage. No space. Yeah. So um, always take those with you. Um, Keep them in, even when you're here, keep them in the trunk of your car. All right, right. let's move on to tip number seven. You want to take this one? Sure. So, uh, tip number seven is to respect the environment. So observe, but don't interfere. And this is so important, especially in those areas where you know it's like if it's a beach where there's dunes that are eroding or could possibly erode, and or things like that. So. Stay on marked roads or trails. Don't go wandering off and trampling on stuff that you don't know what it is because you could be squashing endangered plants. You know, you could be stepping on um, lizards or bugs or things that are are endangered and not to mention you could get bitten by something you don't want to get bitten by. Yeah. And I I was going to
0: say, note to parents out there too, and sometimes it's hard to keep an eye on your kids, but this is probably a good place too to teach them about that because they don't always know. Mm -hmm. They might just be picking flowers thinking this is really cool to pick it, but it's a good idea to just remind them that it's a good, it's better to leave it there. You know, right. Kids don't always know. And this is a really good educational opportunity for them.
1: Right. And I think that's where uh, kind of tip number three kind of comes into is to educate yourself, you know, about where it is that you're going. Um, learn about not just about their uh, recycling programs, but also learn about the environment, especially if it's someplace where you're going to be going camping or going to be, you know, spending a lot of time outdoors. Learn about what um, are the native plants and, and, uh, trees and yeah,
0: I, and we don't have kids, but if we did, I'd imagine I'd like to educate them too mm-hmm. and tell them this is where we're going. Now, remember, be respectful of things, you don't pick things up, we mm-hmm. don't, you know, things that we don't do when we're right,
1: there. and then, you know, of course, also with wildlife watch quietly and from a distance you don't want to be approaching and, and you know the uh, the modern family episode where they go to australia comes to mind with phil phil dunphy uh, he got punched he,
0: by that kangaroo rightfully he got, so
1: yep he went up to oh a kangaroo in the wild and he went up and just got just nailed with a kangaroo right in the face so yeah you don't want to do that just watch from a distance whether it's birds or animals or anything like that take binoculars with you you know i always have my my uh, binoculars with me for birds but they come in handy for so many things
0: all right so let's do a quick recap before we move into the recipe of the week okay all right so tip number one was seek out eco-friendly
1: hotels all right tip number two choose eco-friendly destinations tip number three was educate yourself about the area you're going to be visiting number four was conserve
0: water and electricity just like at home number five is use local public transportation when possible and tip number six, shop local. And number seven is respect the environment, observe, but don't interfere. Great. All right, let's move into the recipe of the week.
1: Okay, so this one actually comes from, uh, well, was posted on Facebook, on our Facebook by veg Zenner Rachel Elizabeth Cole, and uh, I asked if I could share uh, her name on here that she that I saw that she posted this. So this is a recipe for 30 minute vegetarian pho. pho. <laughs> not, is that how you pronounce pho. it? Yes,
0: That's another pho. modern family. Remember, yes. <laughs> Cameron wasn't sure you pronounce it. Yes, okay.
1: um, But this is it's a Vietnamese noodle soup. And the recipe, Rachel had posted it and said that she made it and she posted a picture of her with with the uh, eating it and uh, then a picture of the The dish itself. And it's a recipe that appeared on Oh My Veggies, Oh My Veggies uh, website. And it's super easy to do. Now, pho typically includes rice noodles and broth and a combination of raw and sautéed vegetables, fresh herbs, and rare sliced steak. But what uh, this version does is it replaces the steak with sautéed shiitake mushrooms. Nice. Which are really meaty. You know, so you're not, you don't feel like you're missing out on I that. I love shiitake mushrooms. I love mm-hmm. all mushrooms, really. I know, me too. And they're good for you. All right. Are we ready to move into the quote of the week? Sure. What you got?
0: Okay. The quote this week comes from James Mitchner, and he said, if you reject the food, ignore the customs, fear the religion, and avoid the people, you might better stay at home.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I love
0: that. It's
1: so true. Yeah. You know? Respect. Yes.
0: Hashtag respect.
1: Hashtag respect (laughs) and get out there and enjoy it and experience new things. You You learn from people when you do that. All right. I think we are
0: done with episode number
1: 108. Wow. Okay. So... If you have a chance, we would love for you to stop by the show notes for episode 108, 108, wow, uh, and leave a comment telling us what you thought about the show. Um, Also, we have a question out there. So the question is, do you plan your travel with eco-friendliness in mind? And if you go to the show notes, scroll to the bottom, you can click on there and leave a comment and uh, we'll get that comment and give you a nice note back and maybe mention you on the show.
0: Awesome. Awesome.